0: you know lately um my husband Peter and I have been uh, dealing with fixing uh, doors in the physical. Um, no kidding, it's, it's really uncanny. Uh, the Lord is very humorous. Um, but we have been fixing multiple doors and it started with um, us making the decision that we needed to fix a couple of doors in our church building. Some things are raggedy and falling apart. Um, and it started with that back door by the sound booth. And every time somebody would open the door it would shut with a loud boom. I mean, it was quite annoying. Nobody could sneak in service late. Um, And so I would have to send somebody by the door to kind of guard it like Brother March is out there guarding it. Um, He's a great greeter, by the way. Um, But we started with fixing that door, and then we fixed the men's bathroom's door, and then we fixed the office door. And it was one thing after another, but it just kind of stirred up this excitement and the leaders just started rising up and they're saying, well, what else can we do? You know, last week we learned about um, doing things in an excellent way because people pay attention to the excellent things and it's pretty contagious and people catch on to that. But no kidding, we were actually fixing doors in our house. And one day I reached and I opened the front door and literally, I'm not lying, that door went right through the door. And I really thought it was strange, but I come to find out, and I said, God, what are you doing? And um, God has been showing me and teaching me some things about doors. And so what he has been doing, or what we've been doing in the physical, God has also been teaching us some things in the spiritual as well. So this message is inspired, and I hope that it encourages and blesses you too. So the subject of my message today, is, of course, is called The Door. And before I start, I'd just like to open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every single person that is here that is connected with us today. God, I thank you um, that you would allow me to be your mouthpiece. I ask that you anoint the words that come out of my mouth. Let it be seasoned with salt. Father God, I ask that you anoint your message. Let, Let your message come to life. Let your light shine upon it. Let it be revelatory. Let it be applicable and revelant for all those who hear it, Father God. Let it plant into good ground. Let it germinate. Lord, water that seed. Let it take fruit. Let it bless and encourage. Let it change lives, Father God. This is your word. God, you honor, you glorify yourself with your word. And you bless your people, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would like to read from the book of John, chapter 10. Um, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to kind of skim through different parts of it just because it's kind of repetitive in itself. And then I will refer to um, also the verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. So starting with John chapter 1, or John chapter 10, verse 1, I'm sorry, if you can read along with me, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Down to verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. He said again, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. And so here Jesus is telling the story. He is telling the parable about the sheep uh, and the shepherd. And it is a really a beautiful imagery actually um, with um, the sheep and the shepherd. And, and this imagery is actually used um, many times all throughout the Bible. Actually, it's mentioned about 178 scriptures of using the sheep to refer to the people and also the shepherd. God refers to himself as the true shepherd. In Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd and he makes me lie down in green pastures. So what is it about these cute, peculiar, fluffy little creatures that we as human beings could even relate to um, the traits of a sheep? Well, the sheep, they, sheep often wander. They do, especially when they, they're distracted. They, they often roam and they get distracted. And when they do, they put themselves into danger. They become prey to predators. Um, animals might come and eat them, or thieves might come and steal them away because they're often seen as wealth or commodity they actually do better whenever they are moving in a community as a shepherd leads them from one place to another. And they they're function better. They're, they're happier whenever they have a shepherd to lead them, which is quite interesting. Sheep are gathered in a sheep fold, which we understand as a sheep flock. Right? But a sheep fold actually um, is a temporary housing for a sheep. It's not really meant to keep the sheep in there forever. You can imagine that sheep are probably not happy staying in there for too long. The Greek word for um, fold is actually probaton, which is actually where we get the word probation. It is a confinement for a period of time, actually. And so back in the Bible times um, in Israel, the shepherds would build this sheep fold made of loosely stacked stones so that it can actually be easily be taken down and the shepherd would lead their sheep to different pastures. And um, he would create an entrance where the sheep can go in and out. And he would hire um, a doorkeeper, uh, usually by night, to wash the sheep. And he would only let the shepherd in the morning. And so anybody that came in any other way, because there really wasn't a ceiling, anybody that climbed in any other way was considered a thief and a robber. So in the figurative sense, if you can think about it a little bit, this fold could be something that's thought of as religion, maybe. Anything that keeps us bound, anything that keeps us enclosed for a period of time that, uh, that prevents us, that keeps us from being able to move out and to be able to experience that freedom and that pasture that our, that our uh, shepherd wants us to have. It could be our habits, it could be our weaknesses, it could be our sin, it can be our addiction or our fears, anything that keeps us from being able to move out and to be able to move forward. This is our fold. Sometimes we all have folds in our lives sometimes, folds that keep us enclosed, folds that keep us from being able to come out. And so, so important that the sheep are able to recognize and hear the voice of the shepherd so that he can lead the sheep out of this fold. In verse 3, it says, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Have you ever seen video footage of a shepherd really calling his sheep? It's really a mesmerizing thing, and I kind of encourage you to just pull up YouTube and and, and try to look that up. It's really cool. So no matter like how far the sheep are roaming and how wide the, the sheep are grazing, when the shepherd comes there and he calls his sheep, he says, here sheep, come sheep, here sheep, the sheep will perk up They will actually respond by voice, and they'll all come running in, and I think it's a very beautiful thing. And it's a very common practice for for shepherds to even name their sheep. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because, I mean, we name our pets. Sometimes we even name our cars. I mean, whatever floats your boat. But the shepherd will... (laughs) The shepherd will name their sheep, you know, based on whatever traits that might identify um, them, you know, to the shepherd. It might be gimpy, it might be spots or blacky or whatever it was, but the sheep eventually learn their own name, and whenever the shepherd calls, they actually come. It reminds me, I I have a dog named Chaco. He's my furry son, and some of you may have met him before. He's 13 years old, and I had him ever since he was a little puppy. Um, And so when he was young, he was pretty wild. And he did this thing where um, the back gate, if it was cracked open just a little bit, if it wasn't secure, he'll find that open opportunity to run out, to flee as fast as he could. And there was a couple of times where he did get hurt coming back, and... And he got attacked a time or two. Um, And so I started to train him. And initially, I used this clicker. I don't know if you ever heard of a clicker to train a dog. But when you click on it, it's pretty echoey and loud. And so you can kind of hear it across the neighborhood. And when my dog heard that, he he would come running back. But over time, as he's grown, as he spent time with me, he knows that I care for him. And he knows that I love him. He doesn't need that click. That sound anymore. He comes when I call his name. He knows his name. But even more than that, he follows me wherever I go because he knows that he's if he's following me, he's going to get blessed because I'm going to give him the affection and the treats that he wants. And so um, that's just a silly example, but it's really true. In Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. You know, have you ever read this voice and wondered why it says, If whoever hears my voice and not my knock... You know, um, it's, it's pretty interesting because initially we hear the knock, right? The knock is usually louder than the voice itself. But, you know, it says that for he who hears my voice and not necessarily the knock. It's because you don't let somebody in. You might hear the knock, but you don't really let anybody in unless you hear the voice, right? Very practical example. I work in home care, and I've, my job is I visit my patients from home to home and I knock on their doors and my patients are elderly. Um, they're usually sick and they, they're, they're vulnerable. And so oftentimes I'm always knocking on the door. I knock, I knock and um, they'll respond and say, who is it? I said, oh, it's Marianne, it's your therapist. And so even though they heard the knock, they won't open the door and let me in unless they knew it was me. And they would let me in because they were expecting me. And they knew that I was there to help them, and they wanted to receive that. So he who hears my voice and not the knock. So the knocking is just a sound. It's just a sound. It might get our attention. It might startle us. It might get us to look up and turn our head, but it's really the voice that we receive in order to get direction. The point is, if you don't know God's voice, how will you let him in? The more you spend time with God, the more you recognize his voice, you will let him in. It's like whenever I go to the store, when my husband Peter and I, we go to the store and and we shop, and sometimes I'll get lost, I'll end up in another aisle because something caught my attention. And he actually does this thing where he will um, cough to clear his throat. It sounds like a clicking noise. Uh, Um, And I really don't have to call him. I just kind of listen for him clearing his throat and I know where to find him. But that's because I spend um, time closely enough with him so that he just needs to make a noise and I'll come. Um, You know, but that's, that's the thing. When you spend enough time closely with somebody, you will recognize their voice and you will follow their instruction. The more you spend time with him in word and in prayer, when you can be still and know God is always Trying to get our attention, he is always speaking, he will reveal himself to you. We can't understand the things of God unless the Spirit of God reveals it to us. So, if if you ever question or if you're ever unsure about the things of God. Pray and say, God, reveal yourself to me. And when God will reveal himself to you, he will speak to you. He will speak to you directly, and you will know. It's not a mind matter. It's not a mind of understanding what God is. It's knowing in your soul. It's, it's when God speaks to you, you, you will just know. Amen. Yes. The more you spend time with him, you'll be able to differentiate between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. I know, I have believers coming to me all the time. Well, how do you know the voice of God? How do you know the voice of the Lord and not the voice of the enemy? Sheep, they don't even follow the voice of a stranger. You know that they they when they know the voice of their shepherd, when their shepherd calls, they come to the shepherd. But they when a shepherd when a somebody that's other than a shepherd comes and calls them, they will ignore it. They will not listen and they will not follow. There was a time when, um, a very hard time, when I traveled to Vietnam, my mother passed away tragically um, in the country of Vietnam, and I had to drop everything and go. And I had to travel to attend my mother's funeral in Vietnam. And I remember at that time I was, ext- I was mentally drained out and I was emotionally drained. And though I had a lot of people praying for me and I had support, I felt alone in my situation. I felt like whatever I had to go through, I had to go through that dark valley by myself. And, you know, whenever I was there... Even though I felt alone, I was in a foreign land. I didn't know the distant relatives. I didn't know these strange religious leaders who were, you know, trying to tell me to do this and that. But I knew that the Lord was with me because I heard his voice. When you're in that place of darkness, when you've spent time with the Lord, when you felt like all else is gone and all else else is lost, I guarantee that when God speaks to you, you will know. And I would literally have God's words, like, would jump out at me everywhere I turn, everywhere I look. I literally, literally saw his words just come before me. And it was was his voice that actually soothed me and that gave me peace through that time. And so it reminds me that even when I walk through the valley, through the shadow of death, the shepherd is with me. His rod and his staff, it comforts me. And then... This might be a crazy story to share, but when I was in Vietnam, I had to go through all these rituals, and there was, um, I came from a, a background of all kinds of idol worshiping and um, Buddhism and things like that, <clears throat> but there is this um, ritual that some religious leaders were doing um, voodoo-like, and um, they would make um, a family member hold um, all the belongings um, of um, the person the, of the deceased person, and they would um, they would um, light fire and just kind of wave smoke around. And what they were doing is that they were trying to get the spirit to to leave. Okay, and I remember that they were going down each family member, and whatever they thought they were doing, it wasn't working, and so they needed the daughter which was me. And so when they pulled me to come, to sit in the middle of that, that ritual that they were doing, right before they were able to start that ritual, the phone rang from a house in a village down the street and somebody came looking for me saying, you have to answer this phone call, it's from America. And immediately I was able to snap out of it and be free from that. And I know that's a pretty crazy story to tell. But the reason why I want to share with you that is because God will never allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. Because he will always provide a way out. He will make himself clear. It says that the sheep will go in and out and find pasture. This going in and this going out is a wonderful thing because it represents freedom. God wants for us to be able to experience this freedom. That's why it says in the presence of the Lord, there is liberty. And whenever we are in the presence of our true shepherd, he allows us to go in and to go out And to find pasture so we can go out and we can roam and we can enjoy the world, but to not be bound by it. To go out and to be free, but to not be be held back or to be confined or to be pulled down by it. To not walk around in fear by it because God does not want us uh, to have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind, and so this going in and out—it it is a, a beautiful exchange. That when we let him in, he will lead us out. Jesus says, "I am the door." In John chapter ten, verse nine, it says, "I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved." But in Revelations three twenty, Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock." Isn't that interesting? Does that confuse you a little bit? Because honestly, when I first read it, like something was strange about that when I read it. Because in in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. But if he is the door, if he is the door himself, why would he have to stand at the door and knock? Is it is it the same door? If Jesus is the door and he's knocking on the door, is this the same door? Why does he have to knock on the door? I mean, he's God. Can't he just come in? I mean, can't he just go in and do whatever he wants? No. What is this door that God is knocking on? And so this door that God is knocking on is the door of our hearts. It's, the, it's, it's, it's our will. God created each and every single one of us uniquely and differently, with a different mind, different emotion, and then he gives us this thing called free will, a freedom to choose, a freedom to, to decide, free to let him in or to not let him in. So he knocks on that door. You know, that saying that God is a gentleman. It's saying that, you know, God will not force himself upon you. He will not move. He would not he will not come in and do whatever he wants unless you open the door and you invite him in and you let let him in because it is your choice. It is your free will. When Jesus says, I am the door, he is that one door. He is that door of salvation. It is the blood, his blood that was shed on the cross by which we can receive forgiveness for our sins. It is that blood that gives us that authority so that we can have access to the presence of God. He is that one, that one true door that by him that we can enter and that we can have everlasting life, life and life in abundance. But Jesus knocks on the door. He knocks on the door of our hearts. He knocks on the door of our soul. He knocks, and he asks Amanda, can I come in? He knocks, and he asks Miss Jean, can I come in? He knocks, and he asks Peter, may I come in? And in our lives, in our homes, in ourselves, there may be doors that we have not let God in. It's just like in this building. There are many doors and a lot of doors. We have access to it. We can go in and out. We have freedom to go, and that's fine. And there might be a couple of doors that are locked in this place for good reasons. Only, only the owner knows. You know, you know. And in the beginning, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, and and he says he says to Adam and Eve. You know, you can eat any fruit that there is in this garden, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat from. But they could if they wanted to, but God says, do not eat from it, right? So they had free will at the same time. So Jesus knocks on this door. Are there doors in our lives? that maybe we have pushed God out. Maybe, maybe we feel like we got it under control. Maybe we feel like we can handle it. Maybe, maybe it is a fold, an area of our lives where we haven't let God in or anyone else in for that matter because maybe we're ashamed of it. Maybe, maybe it's just a little bit dark and we're just not comfortable with letting God in. Are there doors in our lives that we have not let God in? Are there doors in our lives that maybe we need to secure and that we need to fix? John chapter 10, verse 1, it says, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Imagine this doorkeeper now. This doorkeeper, we're the doorkeeper, right? If Jesus knocks on the door, we are the doorkeeper. And whether or not we let the shepherd in, it is our will. But imagine if the doorkeeper or we as the doorkeeper of our lives have fallen asleep or maybe we've become lazy or for some reason we were not aware or alert to know if the thief has come in, right? Mm -hmm. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, what is it they've come to steal? He comes and he steals our joy. He comes and he steals our peace. He, it makes us irritable. It makes us a little bit cranky. And he, ultimately, he comes and he pulls away on relationships and he pulls us away. Our father, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Who or what are you letting in? Or are you not letting in? It's kind of like if there was a robber, in your subdivision and in your area, and the door was left wide open, right? And the Bible says that, the, that the, the enemy goes to and fro, seeking someone to devour. And What if he saw your door wide open? He can look and he says, oh, that big screen TV looks nice. The door is open. Maybe I'll just come in and I'll just carry it out. Okay, no problem, right? It doesn't mean that God isn't in your house. It doesn't mean that you're not blessed. It doesn't mean that God loves you any more or any less. You just let a door wide open. A couple of days ago, we also had windows in our house replaced. Okay, everything is getting replaced and fixed. It's crazy. But there was this moment when every single window in our house was open. And I remember standing on the outside looking in. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. This is creepy. You know, like it was a very vulnerable thing because you look in and you can see everything. You know, and it's a very vulnerable thing to be in that place, you know, where people can see, you know, God, we let God in. But then, you know, the enemy, he can get in too. Are you careful with what you're letting into your lives and into your souls? Are you letting the little things get away because even the little things they matter i had a crazy dream recently about a door and um, there was a glass panel that was cracked and then one day a little mouse came crawling through that door and it was a cute little mouse i mean i was petting it and playing with it and it was all right with me and um and then one day this little mouse grew into an ugly rat and became He became big, and he started kind of crawling and picking at my leg. And I was like, oh, no, this is really creepy. You know, but the thing is, sometimes we let the little things come into our life, and we think it's cute at first, and it doesn't really bother us at first. It doesn't really bother anyone. At first, until it grows, until he invites a couple of friends along, and it becomes a disaster. Sometimes we let the little things get in the way, and they may not be sin, but then sometimes they can become idols. Sometimes they can become distractions, and God has called us to excellence. And so the little things, they matter. They start building up. Do you need to fix some of the doors that's in your home? When we first fixed that back door in our church, I remember that day when that door was fixed. And we were all like, oh, wow, the door is fixed. I can't believe it. And we would open the door and shut the door and open the door and shut the door. We're like, oh, my gosh, try out this door. It actually works. You know, but the thing is, we started fixing another door and another door and another door. But what it did, it, was, it started to motivate everyone. It just got everyone so excited. It brought the sense of unity together. We wanted to work together. And we wanted to take care of our home. and We wanted to take care of our church. We wanted to secure our doors. We wanted everything to be excellent because that matters and that attracts people. I came upon this verse, and I thought it was really interesting. In 2 Chronicles 23, 9 verse 3. And this is about King Hezekiah. It says in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And so this is the very first day of his reign and he was called to lead. He was called to rule the people of Israel. And as he stepped in, the very first thing that he decided to do was that he wanted to clean out the temple of the Lord. He wanted to clean out the house. He wanted to clean out the junk. And he opened all the doors and he started repairing them. And it said that one by one, the leaders started rising up and they started helping. And then the hearts of the people turned and they worshiped the Lord because the house of the Lord was in order. That was so interesting. Sometimes when God gives us a vision for a blessing that he wants to give us, sometimes when God speaks to us and we hear hear him, And we know that God has called us to something greater. We've got to be be able to prepare our homes. We have to be able to get it in order. Sometimes we have to to repair. We have to fix our doors. Sometimes we have to secure our doors. Do we know what's coming in? And do we know what's coming out? This door also represents opportunity. It says, and the sheep will go in and out and find pasture. In and out and find pasture. This word pasture in the Greek word is nomé. And it actually means for growth and for increase. The shepherd comes in. He leads us out to find growth and increase not just so that we can be saved not just so that we can live and be happy not just so that we can go to church on sunday and be a christian and i'm okay i'm good everything is all right but he wants for us to grow and he wants for us to increase he doesn't want us to just be okay with ordinary he wants extraordinary for us he doesn't want for us to just be in one place He wants to take us to greater platforms. He wants to take us to higher positions. He wants to take us to more experiences so that we can go from glory to glory, so that we can go from one level of greatness to the next level of greatness. Why? Because he has created us and built us with an instinct on the inside of us to desire to want something more than what we have. Many of us know the saying that goes, when one door closes, another one opens. You ever wondered who is that from? Or do you know who is that from? Who said that? It was actually Alexander Graham Bell, okay, the person who invented the first patent uh, telephone. And it actually says, when one door closes, another door opens. But we so often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one's which open for us. When we're in God and we trust in him, when God closes the door, it's for a reason. And when we trust him, when God opens the door, it's also for another reason. God opens the door and he closes the door and he wants to take us to greater opportunity. So often we look at the closed door as as a failure. Sometimes we look at the closed door and we see that that is the end. Instead of looking at it, that it might be an opportunity for us to have something greater than that. A closed door is never a closed door forever because God is taking us somewhere else. It reminds me of the story when Mary and Joseph were pregnant with baby Jesus. And I could imagine that they went from house to house and every door was shutting on them. And here, you know, here is Mary and she's, she's um, about to give birth to the king of the world, to this holy child. And they couldn't even find a decent place to be able to deliver this beautiful holy child. But yet the door opened and that they were able to use a manger where animals lay and the king of the world was born in this manger. But what a beautiful thing because God will turn all things around and make it for his good. He will let his glory shine in that situation. And it reminds us that even in our lowliest circumstance, even in our darkest places, that, that the king of kings would come down to that lowly place and he would open the door for something greater in our lives. Jesus is the door of access to the presence of God and to the power of God. In verse 10 of John... Um, in verse 10 it says i am come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly this word abundantly is is by the riches of god's grace it is by god's grace Not just so that we can be saved, but it's by his grace that we can enjoy the riches of the kingdom of heaven. This word abundantly is exceedingly beyond. It is above average. It is more excellent. He wants for every area of our lives to be even more excellent than what it is right now. His desires for that we can have a, so that our soul will prosper, but that all areas of our life can prosper as well. In Proverbs 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and I will lack no thing. If there are folds in our life that's keeping us bound, if there's folds in our life that's keeping us from being able to move forward, whatever it is, Jesus is your door of access for God to come in, for God to move in that impossible situation when Jesus died on that cross and the tomb was closed three days later that tomb was open. God can open the doors in your impossible situation Jesus is the door of access for your freedom if you are needing freedom. Jesus is your door of access for your healing if you are needing healing. Jesus is your door of access for your miracle if you are looking for a miracle. He is the door. Jesus will open the door for you to share the gospel so that you can declare the work of God in your lives. God wants to make himself known if you will allow him to move in our lives. And sometimes the situation may be difficult. Sometimes we have to give up everything. Sometimes um, it may be a huge sacrifice. It may be uncomfortable. I mean, Jesus, the king of glory, left his heavenly home to be here with fallen man, to be born in a manger. But so what? So that we can have life and to have it more abundantly. And so whenever God calls you, it may not be a very easy thing, but I can guarantee you that when you follow the calling of God in your lives, when you follow the calling of God in your lives, that fulfillment, that purpose That you carry out when you walk it out in Him, it far outweighs, it will far outweigh any other wealth that you can have in this world. You may be the only door of access to God for someone else. And God wants to use you as that access. You may be the only door of access to God for somebody's blessing, for somebody's miracle, for somebody to invite God into their lives. And they may have no other way, but God wants to send you. God wants to use you as a door of access so that people can invite him in as well. I had this opportunity recently to be able to um, share the gospel with one of my patients and even to do communion with her. And it was... A beautiful thing, and um, I had this patient that I saw for weeks and weeks, for a couple of months, and I never mentioned anything to her about God. And then all of a sudden, one day I came in, and she says, oh, you're so kind. You know, I've been thinking a lot about my faith, and I haven't been to church in a while. I was thinking about opening a phone book and seeing if I can ask a minister to come in and talk to me, You know, I would really love to do communion. And I said, okay. I said, you know, I've done this a time or two before. You know, maybe I can help you. So long story short, she actually um, allowed me to um, bring elements so that we can do communion. And so she decided on Valentine's Day that she would make a declaration of her faith to Jesus and invite the greatest love to come into her soul. So I got her a Bible. I brought the elements. I did communion with her. I prayed with her. And this woman changed around. For somebody who is bedbound and frail, she began to gain weight. She began to eat Subway sandwiches. She began to she, she began to walk out of her bed and get stronger. And she says, "I can't put down this Bible. It is so good. I have to turn off the TV." I just keep on wanting to read it, and I just thank God that he opened that door and he gave me the opportunity because sometimes you will only be the door of access for somebody to receive that blessing, for somebody to receive God in their lives. So as you receive this message today, may I encourage you, may may it give you just a, a brighter understanding of the Lord and the kingdom of heaven, and I just want you to be able to reflect On a few things. Are there folds in your life? Are there things in your life that are not meant to be there? Because we're not meant to stay in our folds. We're not meant to stay in that place that keeps us confined, that keeps us stuck, that keeps us from being able to move out and to be able to experience pasture and to be able to have a more abundant life. Are there these folds You know, in in Psalms 23, where it says that the shepherd makes his sheep lie down in green pasture. You know, sheep don't usually lay down in green pasture like we see in all the cute pictures. Sheep are usually roaming and grazing. They're usually not laying down on green pastures but it says the sheep make the shepherd makes the sheep lie down in green pastures and it's actually a hard thing I mean it's it's a laborious thing and it's a dirty job to do but the reason why the shepherd does this is so that he can examine the who's He can look through the wool to see if there's any blemishes, to see if there are any wounds so that he can doctor it and begin to heal it and begin to help it so that he can go out into the pasture. You know, sometimes, you know, God will have to make us lay down. In these pastures. Why? Because he wants to examine us. He loves us. He knows every hair that is on our head. He knows every detail that's in our life, but he just wants to work through it. He just wants to clean you up if you allow him, if you allow him to come in. Are there doors in your life that maybe you've shut for a while? Maybe there's skeletons in there. Maybe the cobwebs are coming. Maybe it needs to be cleaned out a little bit. But Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And I knock. He's not going to force himself to come. And he just knocks. But if, he, if you hear him tugging at your heart, if he's speaking to you, and you will know because he will speak to you directly, not because Pastor Lam said so, not because so-and-so said so, but he will let you know. And he knocks. Are there doors that you need to open? And go ahead and let him in so that that you can let him make you lie down in the green pastures and just receive so that he can help you. And so I just want to leave you um, with that. And um, just want to um, close out in a word of prayer for all of us today as you think about these things. um, I do want to uh, give you the opportunity also if you want to come up to the altar to just be able to receive from the Lord just to come and say, God, I'm here. I hear your voice. I hear you talking. I, I, I hear you. God I know that I haven't let you in and God I'm so sorry that maybe I have pushed you out God I want for all of my doors to be open so that you can come and you can saturate your life in every area of my home if that is you and if you just need to let the Lord in you're welcome to come here welcome to lay down in his pasture and just receive from him. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your living word. We thank you, God, that you are the great I am, that, God, you are the true shepherd, God, that we can trust you, God, that we can come before you, Father, God, that you love us with an everlasting love, and God, you're so sweet, and God, you're so gentle, God, and it is your kindness. God that leads us to repentance God it is your kindness Lord that leads us to repentance Father God and we just want for you to come in God we know that there are areas that we need help in Father God we know that there are folds Lord God that may not that do not need to be there we're not meant to live in it Lord you said that you have come to give us life and to give it more abundantly and God we just say come Come in, God. Come in through our doors, Lord. Lead me out, God. Lead me out, God. Jesus, you are my door of access. God, you lead. Where you lead me, I will go. God, you are my door of access that I need, Lord, to receive my miracle, to receive my healing. God, you are my door of access, God. Your word says I have given you the the keys to the kingdom of heaven. God, you have given me. By the promise of your blood, God, and I thank you so much. Lord, let this word saturate. Let this word bless your people. Father, God, come and do business with us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.